Chapter Two of Famous Assassinations of History by Francis Johnson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Two: Assassination of Tiberius Gracchus, 133 B.C. In the history of ancient Rome, there occurs one political assassination which stands out as an event of special significance, not only on account of the great celebrity of the victim, but also owing to the fact that it is the first occasion on record in which the conflicting economical interests of different classes in a republic were settled by a resort to arms, instead of being adjudicated on principles of equity and justice, or simply by public authority this great historical event was the murder of tiberius gracchus which was soon followed by the forced suicide of his brother caius gracchus the immediate result of their attempt to enforce an agrarian law passed as an act of justice to the poorer classes of roman citizens the law was violently opposed by the rich who organized an armed revolution against its originators and were powerful enough to do away with them there is in the whole conflict about that agrarian law the so-called sempronian law a modern feature which makes it especially interesting to americans at a time when party issues turn largely on economical questions and when the antagonism between capital and labor or the rich and the poor threatens to enter the acute stage it will be noticed that at that early age more than two thousand years ago capital already had a power and commanded a political influence against which right and justice allied to poverty battled in vain history both ancient and modern has been written largely in conformity with the ideas and prejudices of the ruling classes and in praise of them while their enemies and opponents have generally been unjustly criticized and denounced as disturbers of public order and peace or even as anarchists and rebels against public authority the two illustrious brothers the gracchi have shared this unjust treatment of historians and in the estimation of many pass to-day as dangerous and seditious characters whose death alone could have saved rome from greater calamities an impartial investigation of their case will in our opinion furnish sufficient proof to reverse this historical judgment the two gracchi were the sons of sempronius gracchus the famous roman tribune who won distinction by his great independence and ability in the administration of his office and of the equally famous cornelia daughter of cornelius scipio africanus the renowned vanquisher of hannibal the brothers so closely united and so much alike in political sentiments designs and efforts were of different character temperament and appearance tiberius who was nine years older than his brother was gentle and mild in conduct and his countenance his eyes and his gestures were of peculiar and winning gentleness his brother Caius was animated, vehement, and high-tempered. His eloquence was distinguished by the same characteristics, while that of Tiberius was tactful, persuasive, and conciliatory. Tiberius would have made an ideal preacher. Caius seems to be predestined for the part of a popular advocate and orator. Tiberius had seen military service and won distinction both by his bravery and prudence in Spain as aid to his brother-in-law, Scipio Emilianus, who was the commander-in-chief. 
it was therefore not his illustrious birth alone but individual merit also which caused him to be elected tribune of the people in the year one thirty three b c as such he introduced a bill for the reapportionment of the public lands and their distribution among the poorer citizens of rome various explanations have been given for this action of tiberius gracchus it has been said that he was instigated by others to introduce a measure which could not fail to arouse against him the strongest hostility of the rich proprietors of some of these lands but from a statement in writing left by his brother caius it appears that the idea of the bill originated with tiberius himself and that its introduction sprang much more from a noble and generous impulse than from political ambition even to-day the traveller who traverses the silent and depopulated desert of the roman campagna which is owned by a limited number of large proprietors and is left in an almost uncultivated state is struck forcibly with the thought that the unwise and unjust distribution of the land has had much to do with the desolate and unproductive aspect of this district which under judicious and scientific cultivation might yield rich harvests and contribute materially to the welfare of the inhabitants of tuscany the same thought struck tiberius gracchus as on his departure for spain he travelled through tuscany and found it almost a desert or at best only rudely cultivated in some parts by barbarian and imported slaves it was at that time that he first conceived the idea of bringing about a change an idea which continued to haunt his mind until he was in a position to realize it and in doing so he found a precedent for legislative action there already existed a law at rome the so-called licinian law which limited the number of acres to be possessed by any one citizen to five hundred but this licinian law had been a dead letter for many years and there were many rich citizens in rome who counted the number of their acres by the thousand or even ten thousand it was this violation of the licinian law and the open injustice done to the poor by this violation which tiberius gracchus wanted to correct he therefore introduced a new agrarian law which aimed to revive the licinian law but at the same time greatly modified and attenuated its provisions the change in the law which tiberius gracchus proposed was in one respect an act of injustice because it put a premium on the violation of the law as it had existed instead of punishing that violation by imposing an adequate fine under the new law a citizen might hold five hundred acres of the public lands in his own name and in addition two hundred and fifty acres for each son still under the paternal roof and authority moreover the new law provided that whenever a citizen should be compelled to give up land which he held in excess of the share which the law allowed him he should be reimbursed for this loss at the appraised value from the public treasury tiberius gracchus also favoured the immediate distribution of the confiscated lands among the poor as their absolute property and proposed that whenever a roman colony was founded on conquered territory a similar distribution of the newly acquired land should be made 
the new law was enthusiastically applauded by the roman people even before it had been legally adopted but the senate most violently opposed it because many senators would have been deprived by its passage of most valuable lands in order to defeat it they prevailed upon one of the ten tribunes to object to the third reading of the law the unanimous support of the tribunes was necessary for its passage when the day for the public vote on the law had come an immense multitude of people was assembled at the forum the ten tribunes entered and took their seats on the platform tiberius gracchus arose and ordered the clerk to read his law but was immediately interrupted by octavius who ordered him to stop the interruption caused an immense sensation and commotion among the spectators. Tiberius, after having vainly tried to persuade Octavius to withdraw his objection, adjourned the meeting to a later day. During this interval he used all his power of persuasion to overcome the resistance of Octavius, but in vain. It was then that Tiberius Gracchus, in his intense desire to pass a public measure which he considered highly beneficial to the people, and almost indispensable to the public welfare, resolved to resort to an expedient which was really unconstitutional, and which is the only public act of his that gives the least foundation to the charge of sedition so generally preferred against him he came to the conclusion that the only way to overcome the veto of octavius was to depose him from his office by a popular vote this was a clear violation of the constitution and he carried out his intention in spite of the loud protests of the senate the scene on the forum in which octavius was deposed must have been very pathetic and impressive and while it signified an immediate victory for Tiberius Gracchus, it nevertheless incensed a great many Roman citizens and turned them against him. It is safe to say that this scene sealed his doom and furnished the principal reason for his assassination. Plutarch, a reliable and impartial authority, described the scene as follows. When the people were met together again, Tiberius placed himself in the rostra and endeavored a second time to persuade Octavius. But all being to no purpose, he referred the whole matter to the people, calling on them to vote at once whether Octavius should be deposed or not. And when seventeen of the thirty-five tribes had already voted against him, and there wanted only the vote of one tribe more for his final deprivation, Tiberius put a short stop to the proceedings, and once more renewed his importunities. He embraced and kissed him before all the assembly, begging with all the earnestness imaginable that he would neither suffer himself to incur the dishonor, nor him to be reputed the author and promoter of so odious a measure. Octavius did seem a little softened and moved with these entreaties his eyes filled with tears and he continued silent for a considerable time but presently looking toward the rich men and proprietors of estates who stood gathered in a body together partly for shame and partly for fear of disgracing himself with them he boldly bade tiberius use any severity he pleased the law for his deposition being thus voted, Tiberius ordered one of his servants, whom he had made a free man, to remove Octavius from the rostra, employing his own domestic freed servants instead of the public officers. 
and it made the action seem all the sadder that octavius was dragged out in such an ignominious manner the people immediately assaulted him while the rich men ran to his assistance octavius with some difficulty was snatched away and safely conveyed out of the crowd though a trusty servant of his who had placed himself in front of his master that he might assist his escape in keeping off the multitude had his eye struck out much to the displeasure of tiberius who ran with all haste when he perceived the disturbance to appease the rioters the law was then passed and commissioners were immediately appointed to make a survey of the lands and see that they were equally divided the forcible ejection of octavius and the subsequent passage of the new agrarian law opened a chasm between tiberius gracchus and the patricians which nothing but his death could close up he had made himself immensely popular with the poor and other laws which he introduced increased that popularity but the more the poor idolized him the more the rich hated and abhorred him and a large number of the better and more thoughtful class of plebeians resented his bold violation of the constitution in removing octavius from office such were the conditions when the time for the expiration of his official term as tribune approached and he as well as his friends saw the necessity for his re-election as a measure for protecting his life he therefore appeared as a candidate for re-election and when on the first day of the election no choice had resulted from the vote the next day was appointed for the final decision tiberius knew that not only his political career but his very life depended on the result and he therefore left no stone unturned to rally his friends to the rescue but unfortunately it being harvest time many of his adherents were absent from the city and could not be reached in time for the struggle on the day following the senate convened at an early hour while the people assembled at the capitol to proceed with the vote however great confusion prevailed and a large number of outsiders tried to force their way in and establish themselves among the voters and even the appearance of tiberius gracchus although he was received with loud acclamations failed to restore order in the assemblage moreover he showed by the depression in his countenance and conduct that he had lost confidence in the success of his cause several evil omens which he had encountered on his way to the capital disturbed his mind at daybreak a soothsayer who prognosticated good or bad success by the pecking of fowls informed him that all his efforts to induce the fowls to eat had failed tiberius then remembered that a short time before two serpents had been found in his helmet on stepping out of the house he stumbled on the threshold and hurt his great toe so badly that it bled profusely as he walked through the streets he saw on his left hand two ravens fighting on the roof of a house and suddenly a stone detached from the roof fell at his feet the friends of gracchus who surrounded him all stopped and he himself hesitated as to whether he should proceed or return to his house however a philosopher from cuma one of his intimates who was credited with inspiring gracchus with his democratic ideas and who was free from the superstition of the romans persuaded him to continue on his way to the capital 
There the voting of the tribes was proceeding with great noise and confusion. All at once Gracchus noticed that one of his friends, Lucius Flaccus, a senator, had mounted an elevation from which he could be easily seen, but where he was too far off to be heard, and was indicating by motions of his hand that he wished to communicate some important news. Tiberius told the crowd to let Flaccus pass. With great difficulty the senator reached Tiberius and informed him that at the session of the Senate, after the consul had refused to have him arrested, a resolution had been passed to kill him, and that the senators had armed a large number of their clients and slaves to carry out this purpose. Tiberius immediately informed the friends who surrounded him of the action of the Senate, and signified to those at a greater distance the danger in which he was placed by raising his hands to his head, and it was this motion, entirely innocent in itself, which hastened his ruin. His enemies construed it as a desire on his part to wear a crown, and carried this ridiculous news to the Senate chamber. It caused a perfect explosion of maledictions and threats among the senators, and Scipio Nasica, the most violent of all, immediately made a motion that the consul be instructed to save the Republic and to exterminate the would-be tyrant. The consul replied that he would resist any factious and criminal attempt against the Republic, but that he would not put to death a Roman citizen without trial. On this, Scipio Nasica turned to the senators, exclaiming, Since the consul betrays the city, let those who want to defend the laws follow me. And followed by a large number of senators and their clients, he rushed toward the place where Tiberius Gracchus, surrounded by his friends, was observing the progress of the election. Immediately a riot and fight ensued. The senators, who were armed with clubs, canes, stones, or whatever weapon they could lay their hands on, rushed upon the crowd of voters, overthrew, beat, and killed them, stamping them under their feet, and quickly and irresistibly advancing toward the spot where they beheld the man who was the object of their rage and bloodthirstiness. Tiberius, unarmed and forsaken by his friends, turned round to seek safety in flight, but stumbling over those who had been knocked down fell to the ground. It was at that moment, while Tiberius was trying to get on his feet again, that one of his own colleagues, a tribune of the people, dealt him a powerful and fatal blow, striking him on the head with the leg of a stool. Others rushed up and struck him again and again, but it was only a lifeless corpse which suffered from their abuse. Three hundred of his friends had fallen with him. It was the first Roman blood which had been shed in civil war, and this first conflict deprived Rome of one of its most illustrious citizens. It is unnecessary to go into any details regarding the death of Caius Gracchus, who took up and continued the work of his brother. To the measures in favor of the poor which had been advocated by Tiberius, he added others, for instance, regular distributions of corn among the poor at half price, the imposition of new taxes upon articles of luxury imported from foreign countries, and employment on public works for mechanics and laborers who could not find employment on private contract. 
it will be seen that these measures as well as some other projects of minor importance which caius gracchus advocated and caused to be enacted as laws form part of the platform of modern labor parties and that the gracchi can fitly be designated as the founders of these parties they both fell victims to the attempt to carry out their theories at first it would seem caius gracchus at the request of his mother was inclined to abandon the projects of tiberius but one night says cicero in his book de divinatione he heard tiberius saying to him why hesitate caius thy destiny shall be the same as mine to fight for the people and to die for them it is said that this prophecy determined him in his course and that his death was the consequence in 121 B.C., during a public riot and conflict organized by his enemies for his destruction, he committed suicide, dying not by his own hand, but by commanding his slave to stab him, an order which was promptly obeyed. The assassination of the one and the forced suicide of the other immortalized the two brothers. End of chapter 2